the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I'm going to go straight to my guest, one of the clearest thinkers that I have had the opportunity to dialogue with over the course of quite a number of years now. Bjorn Lomborg is president of the Copenhagen Consensus Center. That's in Denmark, of course. He's also a visiting fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University. His new book is one of the most important of the year. I would go so far as to say one of the most important of the decade, False Alarm, How Climate Change Panic Costs Us Trillions, Hurts the Poor, and Fails to Fix the Planet. But other than that, it's terrific. I added that. Bjorn, it's been uh, many, uh, many times together, so I want to say to you, welcome in. Hey, and thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for those kind words for the book. Yes, they, they are earned. When did it come out? So it came out on uh, Tuesday, so just two days ago. Very nice. And you are now in Denmark. So tell me, uh, in Denmark, are stores open? What, what's the story in Denmark? I, I'm actually a little confusingly in southern Sweden, so uh, right across the sound. Uh, but yes, it looks like uh, stores are open in Denmark, and they're certainly open here in Sweden. Uh, since I, I just know you to be a clear and honest thinker, so I have been a big defender of Sweden's policies, uh, but that does not obligate you to agree with me in any way. Uh, Denmark is always used as the example, Denmark and Norway, as examples of countries that did lock down, had fewer deaths. Sweden uh, is claims, of course, it, it has more herd, herd immunity. Uh, it kept its schools open. What is your take? Well, so this is a very controversial conversation and obviously something uh, where, where we still need to see the outcome of this. Uh, I think uh, everyone agrees that you should not have shut down the schools, uh, partly because it, uh, it helps almost nothing because you have all the kids instead running around at home and, and going to each other's uh, houses. Uh, and, of course, you lose the education bar. Uh, so both Norway and Denmark has found that that was probably not a good idea. Uh, whether you should shut down your society, of course, requires you to believe that you can do that again when the second and third uh, wave comes. Uh, I think we're we're way too early in this conversation to see which uh, uh, approach was right. Uh, but it's I, I think it's worth pointing out that in Sweden, for uh, mostly for uh, 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 for uh, the setup a uh, structure of, of, of society, it was scientists who decided, and they said we should. Uh, flatten the curve, which is what everyone says, but we should not get it to zero. In Denmark and Norway, it was politicians who set the target, and they said we should get to zero. Uh, they did get to zero. It also cost a lot more. Uh, the question is whether that's uh, sustainable. Uh, I, I think we, we still need to wait and see where, where this ends, uh, but it's certainly not as clear-cut as I think 
uh, many people would like it to be. Well, as I said, I rely on you for an honest answer. All right, let's uh, go back to, uh, or let's go to your book, False Alarm. How climate change panic costs us trillions, hurts the poor, and fails to fix the planet. This was your suspicion from the outset, which is why I've had you on my show now for so many years. So let's uh, let's begin with the first part of it. What is the panic part? So the panic part is really that people are vastly exaggerating the scares on climate change. So let's just get one thing real. Climate change is a real challenge, and it's one that we should fix smartly. But right now, and I think increasingly over the last couple of years, people have gone to extreme lengths of being worried. So, you know, we have a lot of young people who are desperately afraid. So Washington Post showed that 57% of all uh, uh, school kids are now, or adolescents, are now worried about uh, climate change. They're afraid of climate change. And if you ask adults across the world, it turns out that almost half of all adults in 28 countries across the world believe that it's likely global warming will lead to the extinction of the human race. So remember, this is not saying global warming is a problem, which is true, and which is what the UN Climate Panel tells us. They're actually saying this is the end of the world. That, that's why you know so many are now saying it's an existential crisis. That's just simply rubbish, and it's not what the UN Climate Panel is telling us. And, of course, being scared witless doesn't make for good decision-making. I want to repeat that. You said 50% of adults. Is that, did I get that right? 48%, yes. 48% of adults worldwide? Yes. And 4 out of 10 in the U.S. So you guys are a little, little bit less worried, but not very much. Well, if it's 40% in the U.S., 40, 40% of adults in the United States of America believe that uh, there is an imminent doom to humanity because of the climate change. Uh, among other things, I, I, it's hard to imagine that uh, Joe Biden wouldn't win the election. I mean, just on that alone. I mean, vote for the man who will save humanity. I, and, and that's, of course, why politicians love climate change, because it gets you to say, not only is the world ending, but I will promise to save you. That's the most wonderful thing you can do when you're a politician. And then especially if you get to say, and in climate you do, you get to say, I will save you, and the price tag is going to come in the next election cycle. So on, when they quote IPCC, the U, UN Commission on uh, Council on... Uh, climate Panel, yeah. Yeah, Climate yeah. Panel. Are they quoting the, the they meaning the, the panic inducers, that is politicians and media? Are they quoting them accurately? Um, well, they they quote a lot of stuff. So uh, some of it they are quoting accurately, but clearly there is no mention in the UN Climate Panel about this being the end of the world. They actually and explicitly said that in about fifty years, so in the two thousand seventies. The impact of global warming will be negative. That's why it's a problem. But it will be equivalent to each one of us losing somewhere between 0.2 and 2% of our income. So instead of making you know, $100,000 in, in 2075, you will now only make 99900 and something like 
I'm not going to try to do that math in, in, on, on air. But the fundamental point here is to recognize this is a problem, but it's not the end of the world. And I think most people also fail to recognize that the UN expects each person on the planet to be 2.63 times richer than he or she is today by 2075. So what they're basically saying is instead of us being 2.63 times richer by 2075, we will only be 3.56 times richer. Yes, we'll be slightly less, much richer in 2075 because of global warming. That is a problem, but that is not by any stretch of the imagination the end of the world. It's not, shall we say, existential. The book, ladies and gentlemen, is False Alarm. And it's required reading. So what do you say? I want to throw at you the the best-known arguments. Look at the glaciers in the Arctic and Antarctic. What do you say to that? Well, uh, so glaciers are receding, uh, not not so much in in much of the uh, Antarctic, but they are receding in many places. And that shows global warming is real, and it also is, in the long term, a real problem. So this is, you know, this is what the UN Climate Panel is telling us. There is a problem, but we've got to stop saying, and then we're all going to die. Because making that leap, making that very, very simple story that obviously sells a lot more clicks, basically makes it impossible to have a sensible conversation about how, what we should do. If you think the world is ending, you're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at it. If you realize that it's a problem among many others, you also realize we need to conserve our scarce resources. We need to find smart solutions that are cost-effective, that'll actually help the future rather than make it worse. All right. I will uh, return with Bjorn Lomborg. The book is up at DennisPrager.com, and the book is False Alarm. 1A Prager 776. If you are an alarmist, why don't you give, make a call here? One eight Prager seven seven six. When I think of what uh, was done to the economies of America and the and the world because of the lockdown, added to what the the next panic will do. If uh, Joe Biden wins, I I cannot see how the economy of of this country can survive. We shall return momentarily. I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. President Trump has a huge announcement for his top supporters. You will be celebrating the 2020 Republican National Convention this summer, and he wants you to enter for your chance to join him at the convention. If you win, the team will cover the flight, hotel, and give you VIP passes for yourself and a guest. All you have to do is text Prager to 88022 for your chance to meet President Trump at the convention. Again, that's P-R-A-G-E-R to 88022 to enter to win this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be his special guest. Paid for by Donald J. Trump for President Incorporated. Oh. It ain't the thing. Hi, everybody. And I welcome you and officially welcome one, once again Bjorn Lomborg. Welcome to Dennis Power Radio Program. See, we want you to feel... <laughs> Oh, thank you. You shouldn't have done that. That's very kind of you. I'm, I'm sure I'm pretty much the only one who understood that. But that's very nice of you. I probably well, th- th- we may have some uh, 
Danes living in America who are listening. Uh, but I just want you to know, we hired that woman just for your appearance. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, yeah. no, I thought you. Thanks. I thought you would just be that. touched. Yes. Welcome uh, to Dennis Plager Show. Yeah. Dennis. Very good. <laughs> I want you to know that uh, this may not help you, and it may cause you to have second thoughts next time you're invited. But my belief is that only the absurd will keep me sane. Uh, the, given the time that we are living in. It's, it's definitely good sometimes to, to be able to relax and kick back. Absolutely. Yes, it's critical. Bjorn Lomborg of Copenhagen and of the uh, Hoover Institution at, at Stanford has written False alarm, how climate change panic costs us trillions, hurts the poor, and fails to fix the planet. So you can't yell at this man as a quote-unquote science denier, given the fact that he fully acknowledges the world is getting warmer. So since you label it a panic, what if we did nothing? What would happen? So doing nothing would be a little worse than being smart about this, because we would forego doing some things that could actually help dealing with climate change and at fairly low cost reduce the uh, uh, some of the problems with climate change. But as we, we mentioned in the last segment, the UN Climate Panel actually tells us if we do nothing about climate change, by the 2070s, so in about 50 years' time, the net impact will be at worst equivalent to URI having an income reduction of 2%. Right, I got and that, remember, yes. remember, by then, will be much Of course. So, I, I'm, so is all of this that we will be inundated by rising seas, is it a lie? So it's a little bit of truth and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, making great headlines for, for newspapers. So uh, take, take the story that you know, went around the world and it was heavily featured in Washington Post and many other places where they told us because of global warming, by the end of the century, 187 million people will have to move. And not surprisingly, many turned that into will drown. Uh, but, but, you know, the, it's built on the right idea that because uh, temperature rises, seawater will get warmer when Things like seawater get warmer, they expand, and that means you get sea level rise. So there is a real problem. But what they forgot to remember was to take into account that people actually act. So they were assuming that over the next 80 years, everyone would just sit still, watch the sea level rise, start lapping up over your feet and then your calves, and then eventually your hips, and eventually you'd have to move or drown. But, of course, in reality, nobody actually does that. You adapt. You put up sea level, uh, you know, sea defenses, dikes, that kind of thing. We've done that plenty of times when we were much poor. And so the very same research that told us if you do nothing, you will see 187 million people having to move. They showed that with any realistic adaptation, you would see 305,000 people having to move by the end of the century. So the headline and the story that went around the world was 600 times too large. It was scary because it makes for great headlines, but it was dramatically wrong. Just to give you a sense of proportion, 300,000 people that have to move by the end of the century is trivial. Every year, about twice that number moves out just of California. So 
clearly it's something we could handle on a global level over the next 80 years. Well, we move out of California because we have something worse than rising sea levels. We have a state run by Democrats, but you don't have to respond to that. I just <laughs> thought that I would share my worries. All right, so uh, that's the panic element. Let's go to the next one uh, on the on your subtitle, How Climate Change Panic Costs Us Trillions, Hurts the Poor, and, and Fails to Fix the Planet. Well, the The Green New Deal will cost us how much? So it's very hard to tell because the Democrats actually haven't costed their estimates, but probably in the order of 10 to $20 trillion. Remember, there's a lot of stuff in the Green New Deal that has nothing to do with, with green. So I'm just looking at the green part of the Green New Deal. Uh, so 10 to $20 trillion. On top of the trillions just spent because of the lockdown... I know, I mean, economics may or may not be your area, but you have knowledge of a great many fields. Uh, If you just print, which is what we would have to do, we we would have to print that amount of money. What does that do to the dollar? (laughs) That's a good question. That's outside my area of expertise. Uh, but, But the reality, of course, is to say you can't just spend free money. You're essentially making all of the money worth less. So at the end of the day, you're spending a real resources on things that will only do a little good. So, you know, take, for instance, Biden's new proposal uh, to spend $2 trillion on, on, on climate. Uh, and, and to a certain extent, you've got to say that's a lot better than wasting 10 or $20 trillion that he's only talking about spending $2 trillion. Uh, but some of the things that he's talking about, for instance, weatherizing homes, we know are ineffective. You know, people say you should make your home, insulate your home, because then you will use less energy. But the problem is that these estimates are always way too high on the savings and way too low on the costs. So the biggest study in the U.S. done in Minnesota uh, of about 40,000 houses showed that you don't actually make a profit. What you end up with is wasting about half the money on a weatherization. So it's the kind of thing that sounds good, but it's just a waste of money. Biden is also talking about that we should be re-entering the uh, Paris Agreement uh, and we should go to net zero by 2050. So basically the U.S. should stop emitting carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases by mid-century. This is going to be phenomenally hard to do. And it's probably going to be much, much more costly than just uh, $2 trillion. Actually, estimates indicate that this could cost in the order of 5 trillion dollars a year in lower economic growth to the U.S. economy. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of welfare. That's a lot of opportunity that we take away. But Biden, and I have to say this, he also proposes good ideas. He actually says we should be spending more money on innovating cheaper green energy. And that's smart because it's cheap and it'll actually give us much better opportunity. All right. We'll be back in a moment. Bjorn Lomborg, L-O-M-B-O-R-G. False Alarm is the book up at DennisPrager.com. And uh, it is uh, really essential. We shall return. Vi foretrækker klarhed frem for aftale. Okay, I'm Dennis Prager. And my guest is Bjorn Lomborg. By the way, after your 10th appearance, after a guest's 10th appearance on the Dennis Prager Show, 
we uh, we send them a, a box of cigars. Uh, that, uh, do you smoke cigars, Bjorn? <laughs> I, I I don't. I I was once in Cuba and I bought one of those packets of cigars when you go on the on the tour, and they're still unsmoked in my in my uh, in my uh, closet. So I think actually. I, I, I suspect you smoke cigars, so I think you'd be better off with uh, Yes, cigars. so therefore, it, it goes both ways. After 10 appearances on my show, I get a box of cigars. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so we've solved the problem. Vi foretrækker klarhed frem for aftale. All right, you know what? He's going to hang up on us. I <laughs> <laughs> Bjorn Lomberg has written a truly, truly important book, my friends. It is amazing. We live in a world of panic, and uh, he, uh, he he does not deny for a moment that the world is getting warmer. That's, that's so. He he starts off from a place where even your relatives who think that the world has twelve years to survive can say, "What he he denies that the world is getting warmer." No, he doesn't. How climate change panic costs us trillions, hurts the poor, and fails to fix the planet. So you said that you thought that there was something good in a, in a Joe Biden plan, and what was it? So Joe Biden promises a lot of things that are basically going to spend a lot of money and not do very much good. But he does talk about one thing, namely innovation, energy innovation. So look, fundamentally the problem is that right now, Fossil fuels is one of the cheapest ways to get dependable and reliable and cheap energy. And that's why most people around the world use mostly fossil fuel. Trying to force people onto more expensive or less reliable energy is hard. You can do it a little bit, but you will fail when you try to push people too much because their energy bills go up. They're going to be dissatisfied. They're going to vote you out of office. So the only long-term way that we're going to fix global warming is if we can innovate the price of green energy down below fossil fuels. Imagine if we could make some sort of green energy, and that could be a lot of different things. It could be solar and wind with batteries, but it could also be nuclear, it could be fusion, it could be lots of crazy ideas that are out there that could potentially work. But if we could get one technology that would be cheaper than fossil fuels, Everyone would switch, not just rich, well-meaning Americans, but also Chinese, Indians, everybody in Latin America, and so on. The point here is, if we can utilize the market mechanism to actually make cheaper green energy through innovation, that's what solves the climate problem. And, of course, that's what has solved most human problems throughout history. Not telling people to do with less, but to do things smarter and cheaper. So you are on board, not only with the, the supposition or, or the truth, if you will, that the world is getting warmer, but that the primary cause of that warming is anthropocentric, it is it, it, anthropic, however one wants human to. Human-made. Yes, human-made. Yeah. Is yeah, that correct? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, and the, the human-made is carbon emission. Okay. Because we burn fossil fuels and a little bit of other things like right. methane. Uh, do, you, do you realistically believe that a non, a, a, based on the technology we have now, so essentially it's wind, solar, and nuclear. I am a big aficionado of nuclear. 
And I find that I, I do believe that anybody who believes the world is coming to an end and doesn't advocate nuclear power doesn't really believe what they say. Would you react to that? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. If you think this is the end of the world and you need to have CO2-free energy, of course you should go nuclear. Look, first of all, nuclear is CO2-free. It is baseload power, so you can have it 24-7. The only problem, and, and it's incredibly safe, actually, if you look across, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people think about Chernobyl and... No, it's incredible. Right, so the, the only problem is, is what? I'm curious. The only problem is cost. So existing nuclear power plants are incredibly cheap to run because we've already put in the money to build them and we've committed eventually to decommissioning them. But new power plants turn out to be very costly. And so if you want to have new power, and that's what you have most of the developing world, but also some in the rich world, as we're facing other uh, and old plants, they're tremendously costly. And so right now, nuclear power is just as, if you will, just as ineffective as uh, solar or wind. Oh, that's uh, interesting. All right, we'll be back in a moment. False Alarm is the book. All right, y'all. Uh, by the way, the promo code on Radio Zone is Dennis, not Prager. That's the one thing I cannot uh, memorize. I know the messages by heart, but not the promo code. I wish they'd all just do Dennis or Prager, or for that matter, Vladimir. But as long as it were consistent. Missed it by that much. That's right. That was from a sport. I remember there was a time when people went to, to sporting events. Ancient, ancient history. I want to remind you that this is a spectacular time to do a refi on your house, as we have, and it's the, the, the rates are so low. It's one of the only silver linings in this terrible uh, financial state that the country is in, and the people who have been working uh, through uh, the entire epidemic are the folks at the Sierra Pacific Mortgage, Andrew and Todd. So if you're considering a refi, a new purchase, a cash-out refi, or a reverse mortgage, uh, this is the time to do so. Call Andrew and Todd at andrewandtodd.com or 888-888, that's at Sierra Pacific, 888-888-1172, andrewandtodd.com, 888-888-1172. Bjorn Lomborg is... A serious thinker, and he has written false alarm. He acknowledges that the world is getting warmer. He believes, or he, he is convinced that it is human-induced. Nevertheless, he is an opponent of the panic that has taken place and why it is hurting the billions around the world. I I added billions. Maybe I'll just say many people around the world. I don't want to cite something he didn't say. How climate change panic costs us trillions, hurts the poor, and fails to fix the planet. So I did not realize, this was a, a learning moment for me. I'm a big advocate of nuclear power. So you're saying it's one downside is it remains expensive. In other words, vis-a-vis fossil fuel, it's more expensive. So newly built nuclear power plants are very, very costly. Typically, 
because and and it's not because we don't know why. It's because they have vast cost overruns, and because there's security measure over security measure, and they keep changing the plannings. So it's very hard. It takes a long time, and they run way over budget. Uh, so again, this is why, and and I think you, your intuition is absolutely right. Nuclear could very well be the solution to climate change. So Bill Gates and many others have invested dramatically in fourth generation nuclear power, which is a new, very very simple uh, way to do nuclear power plants. You basically produce them uh, on a, on a, an assembly line and you assemble them like Legos. They're very safe and they promise to be incredibly cheap. Uh, the, the point is not that that wouldn't be wonderful. The point is we don't have that today. They're promising us that it will be very cheap. But, of course, they also promised that about the last generations of nuclear power, and that didn't quite work out. And Why innovation should... is the way forward. We don't know. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Go on. So, it, you know, innovation is not about knowing which technology you're going to focus on. Innovation is you focus on a lot of these technologies. You spend money on them. Most of them are going to fail, but that's fine because innovation is very, very cheap compared to actually producing stuff. So you innovate in a lot of different technologies, and we really just need one or a few technologies, and those are the ones that will power. Why, why invest anything, then, uh, in wind and solar? So you should invest in next generation's wind and solar because we need also those technologies to become better. But what we're doing right now is, of course, putting up lots of existing inefficient wind and solar that we know is inefficient, that we have to subsidize, and which basically produces no extra benefit. We're simply doing it because it feels good. It gets politicians to show, see, I'm doing something about climate change. But the reality, of course, is Right now, the International Energy Agency estimates that the world gets just a little over 1% of its energy from solar and wind. So remember, although we've spent so many years, we've spent so many trillions of dollars in subsidies, we're still not anywhere close to having this make a meaningful so the, impact. So the, so, the all planet. right, so I want to understand when, when, when people like uh, uh, the, the left on the Democratic Party Tell us, wind and solar, wind and solar, wind and solar. Are they are they fooling themselves? Well, it's it's hard to know. What they're telling us is that I, I think they're telling us two things. They're saying we need to cut carbon emissions, and we like solar and wind best. But surely this shouldn't be about what you like. It should be about what is cost effective. And unfortunately, mostly that's still not solar and wind. Do you think but Angela Merkel the idea? Let me interrupt for a moment. I'm sorry. Do you think Angela Merkel uh, regrets her decision to, to shut down nuclear plants in Germany? Well, she should. I'm not sure she does, because remember, a politician's job is not actually to do what's best for the nation. It is to win the next election. And if people are sufficiently worried about nuclear, uh, it probably makes People want to vote for Merkel. But, of course, the reality, as you're alluding to, is she basically shut down a lot of cheap nuclear power because it had already been built. Right. So a lot of cheap nuclear power that emitted no CO2, and it's mostly been replaced by fossil fuels that emit more CO2, which is one of the reasons why Germany has spent about half a trillion dollars and reduced their emissions surprisingly little. 
Okay, let's go to the part which really touches my heart uh, in your subtitle, Hurts the Poor. Go ahead. How does all of this hurt the poor? So if you make energy more expensive, that hurts everyone. But the people who use the largest part of their budget on energy are the poor. If you're rich, you don't really notice whether gasoline goes up a little bit. But if you're poor, it can really make the difference between you being able to go uh, drive to your job or not. Okay. That's right. That's mentioned what we've done to the poor with the lockdowns of the world. The book is False Alarm. The author is Bjorn Lomborg. The Dennis Prager Show. Final segment, unfortunately. Talk to this man the entire show. False Alarm is the book. How climate change panic costs us trillions, hurts the poor, and fails to fix the planet. He does not deny climate change. For those of you who are interested or believe in the the crisis, he does not. His point is that it's panic. That's been my point the whole time. And we live in a hysteria. Bjorn Lomborg is the author. He is uh, at the uh, Stanford uh, Hoover Institution at Stanford and president of the Copenhagen Consensus Center. He is Danish himself. Let me review, Bjorn, some of the calls so that they feel at least that I got their questions or comments onto the, uh, in some cases, onto the show. Uh, let's see here. So somebody wants to know if you've seen Michael Moore's Planet of, uh, of the Humans film. Yes, I, I have, and I also reviewed it for a Danish newspaper. So fundamentally, it asks the right question, namely, can we really have uh, the world uh, powered by uh, by renewables? And the answer is probably no, and certainly at a very large cost. But unfortunately, it also engaged in a lot of other uh, 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 theories and, and conspiracy theories and stuff. It's an okay film, but unfortunately, it's muddled a lot. Uh, but it has a, a good center point. Right, and it's shocking that he would come out against renewables at all. And that just goes to show that I think a lot of people realize, look, you can't have any sort of energy type without problems. And we've got to be honest, there's also going to be problems with solar and wind. And, you know, the biggest problem is probably that they it costs a lot of money, and most people don't actually want to see their energy bills go up. Bjorn, let me ask you, have you ever uh, invited anyone of the leading environmentalists to a public debate? Oh, God, yes, many times. So I've debated Bill McKibben and many others. Uh, and, and, you know, fundamentally, these all, I think they're all good guys, uh, but I think they're fundamentally misguided in their ability to think about priorities. You can't just say we're going to do this at whatever the cost. It, is you your, I did not know you debated McGibbon, and I'm surprised that he did. Uh, uh, where is the, is that on YouTube? Can I watch it? I I, I don't actually I don't know. It, it was at, at his college in Middleborough in, uh, in um, Vermont. Um, but I've, I've debated you know the the head of the Sierra Club and many others. Uh, Good the president of Green. Well, Club listen, so congratulations on the book, folks. It's called False Alarm, and it's critical. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy Southern Thank you. Sweden. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right on.